following program is brought to you by your friends at Podcast One. Springtime tips and fun facts from Paul, Kristen, and Dexter at Total Wine and More. Everybody loves honey glazed carrots. A great side dish for your springtime celebration and a delicious compliment to a sweet, bright Moscato. Your Bloody Mary bar will be the talk of brunch with the vodka I'm stalking. Pile those toppings sky high. Serving lamb this season? Try it with a bold Cabernet from the trendy Paso Robles region. Whether you're hosting or just bringing the wine, Total Wine and More has you covered with 8,000 wines, 3,000 spirits, and 2,500 beers at always low prices. Cheers! Hello, everybody. If you could do the show a favor, we would greatly appreciate it. Please fill out a survey at Podcast One. You'll see the survey banner on the homepage. It'll take you less than five minutes, less than five minutes, and it will really help us out. That's podcastone.com. And uh, thank you so much. On with the show. Welcome to the Forbes Under 30 Podcast. I'm Steve Goldblum, your host. On this show, we speak with young entrepreneurs and innovators. Today, I'm Skyping with Josh Muccio. He hosts a podcast called The Pitch, produced by Gimlet Media. They're known for shows like Startup, Reply All, and The Heavyweight. What is the elevator pitch that you give? So imagine you're a fly on the wall in a room where founders are pitching investors their idea and they're hoping that they find investment within the hour while they're pitching their company. We try not to use the word Shark Tank in the description of our show uh, because we actually we make the comparison so people can understand kind of the concept, but we try to make our show the complete uh, polar opposite of what Shark Tank is. How so? Well, um I don't want to be too hard on the team that makes that show, uh, but a lot of entrepreneurs, <laughs> they're, they're a lot of, what's that? They're not here. They are not here, but they, okay, so a, a lot of what I do not like about the show mm-hmm. is they hype up dramatic moments in such a way where it's almost like the only thing that exists is that drama in the moment and that, um, you know, sharks like turning against each other and, and making, offering ridiculous deals to the founders. They're praying so many of on them, you to fail. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, they really are. And, and it's, uh, and the reason why so many of the deals actually fall through after the fact is they're just very, very unrealistic deals that were made on the show to create this moment of, of tape or whatever they call it in TV, this live moment. But but it's just really not reality. Um, and, and we felt like, you know what, with the way podcasters or people listen to radio, they're looking for true stories. And they always have. We're used to that public radio. Let's right. let's take a deep dive into the subject and tell the true story. So we thought, why couldn't we use that? And instead of giving 10 minutes, you know, like they do in Shark Tank and like throwing in two or three ad breaks in that 10 minutes – of one pitch and then, you know, just pitch after pitch and, and you're just getting the dramatic highlights right. of a recording that actually happened, you know, took over an hour. What if we did a deep dive and no, we aren't going to shy away from those dramatic moments and like cut them out because they are real and they exist, but let's show them, you know, inside of the, this, the rest of the pitch, which is very exciting and like really allow listeners to learn how investors think and learn about this business, what they're trying to do. I mean, it, that comes across in so many different ways depending on the company we're having on. But it's uh, – yeah, it's a lot of fun. What is the formula for every episode? So just set the – paint the picture for us so we can – like you have how many people come through pitching mm-hmm. and how many people judging? Yeah. So we only have four investors on our show. 
there are a few episodes in the back catalog where we had five, uh, but we kind of learned our lesson that uh, when radio, you need unique, unique voices when you have that many people in a room, number one, and the more voices you add, it, it like it's almost exponential how hard it is to understand who those additional voices are. Yeah. So we've capped it at four. Uh, and this new season that's starting in October, they're, they're all unique voices. So you can tell who's talking at any point in time. Now, but yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Well, I mean, to paint the picture. So yeah, one invest, you know, founder comes in, pitches to these investors. Right. Uh, it's about an hour long. We trim that down to like 35 minutes. Um, before the ad break, you know whether or not the investors want to invest in this company and how much they've committed or not committed. Um, but then we go the extra mile and after the ad break, we come in and we actually, it's actually been like two or three months after that original pitch you heard before. Mm. And we find out from the founder what's happened since then. So if there was investment, did it actually pan out? Did things fall apart in due diligence? Right. Uh, you know, what have you learned? How did you screw up? Or did the investor, you know, fall through? Like what, whatever that story is, we right. tell it. Something the short uh, attention span of network television definitely does not do. Right. And maybe, the, you know, the creators of that show originally intended on doing that. But then, <laughs> you know, yeah. the higher ups said, well, we want more drama. Right. That's what the people love. And, you know. We need blood. Yeah. Well, you you know you have a really interesting story. The the way that this show came about because you're playing right now in one of the most competitive fields in podcasting. You're at Gimlet, which is, I mean, really it, it's taken off. And anybody that followed Alex Bloomberg and and the rise of startup, it was so personal and arresting. <laughs> radio. I mean, you you in that first season of startup, you hear them come up with the name Gimlet. I think halfway through the season. Um, yeah. So when did they, you know, enter your uh, radar? When did they come on your radar? When were you aware of them, and when did you realize that you you wanted to work for them or or collaborate with them? Yeah, this would have been August, uh, August, September, October, somewhere around that line in 2015 mm -hmm. when I started to listen to uh, the first season of Startup. It's actually what inspired me to get into podcasting in the first place. All I'd listened to was your typical, you know, how to make money online, uh, you know, passive income podcast, right. things like that. And I mean, like at the time I was like, oh, this is interesting. This is cool. But then when I heard Startup, it's like, oh, wow, like you can do this on a podcast. And I guess, you know, I didn't grow up listening to public radio. So like Alex Bloomberg, you know, introduced me to Planet Money and NPR and all of these people. So, I mean, that's just how I came into the right. fold. So, I mean, I always held them of, you know, held them up on, you know, a, an extremely high pedestal. Uh, but I mean, it was two years from then before, you know, we even started talking with each other about possibly um, bringing our show on their network. And taking a quick break to say that this show is brought to you by the Business Platinum Card from American Express. However you move your business forward, with Business Platinum, it's not about where you are. It's about where you want to take your business next. And nothing helps you like the resources and know-how of the Business Platinum Card, backed by the service and security of American Express. And it's a great so. story. So tell us, you, you kind of cold-called Gimlet, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I just, you know, picked up the phone and called their 1-800 number. Uh, just kidding. They don't have a 1-800 number. Um, I sent an email to Matt Lieber. Right. The business side of uh, of Gimlet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Matt Lieber, nobody really knows what he does, but uh, we all love trying to guess what he does. He's like, 
I don't know. He's like that connective tissue at Gimlet that like nobody can define, but he's there anyway. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I shot him an email. This would have been in 2016. So the fall of 2016, after we had recorded season two of our show and in season two, we had over a million dollars committed from investors. And so the way we record the show is we record an entire season in two days. We just line them in companies back to back to back. And the investors, you know, decide on the spot. Uh, it's exhausting and exhilarating, and it's it's awesome. But anyway, after that recording, I knew we had something really amazing on our hands. As part of a broader push, I reached out to a lot of people in public radio and basically said, "I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I've recorded this amazing thing, but I I'm not qualified to turn it right. into." The thing that I'm imagining, and ultimately, you know, in March of this year, we came on and started working on the show with them and uh, started airing the season two episodes in June. You'd shot a full season. Yeah. Yeah, we shot a full season, which was 12 episodes. And you'd cut it. And how different is the first season from the second under under the care of Gimlet? Sure. Well, yeah, so the first season, we there it was, it was basically like an, your typical interview show. And, um, we still would talk about, it was, it was, how do I describe it? I mean, we basically had investors and founders in the room and the founders were pitching their ideas, but there was never that, like, I'm going to invest in you or I'm not going to invest in you. It it was all like the most, you know, annoying display of vagary you can imagine. Um, and was about ready to give up. And that's when I started talking with my wife and said, is, you know, is the pitch really the thing? Should we keep doing this? Mm. And basically, we were like, all right, let's take one final shot to like really make this thing what we dreamed it would be and get live investment happening on the show. And, you know, if it fails, it fails, but let's give it one last shot. And that's what season two, that recording event was. Uh, and I guess that one last shot paid off. So well, here we are. You're, we're going to play a little clip from uh, an episode, bonus episode of Startup, which reveals the moment when I think you got off a Skype call with, with, with <laughs> Eber and, and with, with Alex, uh, and they basically offered to buy you, acquire you, and offer you, you know, a, a job. Well, did you, how much of that did you hear? Did you hear? Did you hear them say they want to offer me a job? You didn't hear that? But I, you assumed. I came over when I heard Acquire the show. This is unreal. I'm like, like this is like an out-of-body experience. Oh, my goodness. We've been, like, working in a cave. It feels like a cave for so long. It's like somebody noticed. <laughs> oh. They're, like, the best fit. All right. All right. How were you recording that? Oh, that was just on my iPhone. Uh... <laughs> Just the voice recorder app. I mean, that call came. I mean, I'd been talking to them, but I had no idea that they were going to say we want to bring on the show to Gimlet. It was took me completely by surprise. So I just whipped out my phone, even though that's not the best way of recording. <laughs> well, at this point, can you run through? Um, you know, a lot of the listeners of this show are entrepreneurs who are going to be really interested in actionable takeaways for pitching their product or their business. So what are some lessons learned that you can share? Yeah, there's so many, and they're fresh on my mind because uh, we just recorded the third season, which is another 12 episodes, and I get the privilege of actually coaching each one of the companies before they come on and pitch for not only how to pitch our investors in the room, but to how, how to tell a compelling story for listeners. And I think the, the biggest thing is 
um, founders really walk into the room and or even not in the room when they're even when they're emailing or you know doing a Skype call with an investor, they really love to talk about the features of their product, and that's kind of one oh one like you have to pick like one or two features that you feel like are the really compelling arguments of your pitch or your product and then shy away from the rest. The other ones nece- don't necessarily matter or, or they're going to confuse the message. So you kind of have to learn when to just shut up. Um, that's probably a, a bigger thing. Um, but the other piece of it is just really how do you tell a compelling story with with passion, right? Like everybody who starts something you had a moment where where you you decided like I've had enough of this problem or like I want to do something to change my life. I don't like the career trajectory, so I'm going to, you know, strike out on my own and really do this thing. And like the passion kind of from that moment like needs to come out in your pitch because that's who you are as a human and like and like that's um I, yeah, I think if you're excited we, other people will be excited. Yeah, you you really will. And um, yeah, it's tricky because some people don't, you know, really they want to focus on the numbers and and, and those things are important, too. Um, I just think there's a balance you can strike where you're talking about the numbers, you're making a compelling argument, um, but you're also kind of letting your your particular narrative as to why you're doing this shine through when you're pitching. And breaking for a minute to say business can be done from anywhere, in the palm of your hand and at the source. However you move your business forward with Business Platinum, it's not about where you are. It's about where you want to take your business next. And nothing helps you like the resources and know-how of the Business Platinum card, backed by the service and security of American Express. Here at Podcast One, we love hearing from you. We read every tweet and comment you send our way. So don't miss your chance to take our summer listener survey. Just go to podcastone.com and click on the survey banner. Or go to podcastone.com slash mysurvey. It only takes a few minutes, and it gives you the opportunity to make a direct impact on your favorite shows. Tell us how you really feel so we can get to know you better. We value your thoughts and participation. So check out the survey at podcastone.com slash mysurvey. Or click on the survey banner on podcast Springtime tips and fun facts from Paul, Kristen, and Dexter at Total Wine & More. Every bunny loves honey-glazed carrots, a great side dish for your springtime celebration, and a delicious compliment to a sweet, bright Moscato. Your Bloody Mary bar will be the talk of brunch with the vodka I'm stalking. Pile those toppings sky high. Serving lamb this season? Try it with a bold Cabernet from the trendy Paso Robles region. Whether you're hosting or just bringing the wine, Total Wine & More has you covered with 8,000 wines, 3,000 spirits, and 2,500 beers at always low prices. Cheers! Now, how receptive are people when you give them that kind of uh, feedback? Yeah. I mean, the first time I talk to them, we'll, we have a series of calls. And the first time you can tell they're like, oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. You know, I'll say things like, I want you to go back to that moment when you decided to make this change. Yeah. Use the words like, you know, I woke up, I you know, walked out to the kitchen, and I remember X, Y, and Z happened, or I felt this way. And you can tell like they're like, Oh, like you want me to use those actual words? And it's interesting. Like they hear it. It sounds like they're on board. But then the next next time we do a coaching session, they aren't, they aren't using those words. They didn't fully grasp it. Right. Uh, but then the second and third time when I keep telling them the same thing, it's like they finally start to get it. Um, and I honestly think the best way for them to get it is when I start pitching their product back to them in a way that they're like, oh, like I, I feel that emotion coming from you. 
And it's like they get more excited about their own pitch. They didn't realize they had this kind of passion right. hidden, on, hidden on the inside, you know, because we aren't, I don't know, we don't normally access like emotional memories regularly. We kind of like put up walls around them and like we'll talk about, the, about them in the abstract, like, oh yeah, like this happened and this happened, but we don't talk about it in the sense of like, I want to relive this moment in a, an emotional way um, so that you can like feel how big of a deal it is to me. Um, but yeah, it's, that's kind of an interesting thing. I'm still kind of wrestling with like what, what all that means. Well, tell me a little bit more about the decision. Some of the tense moments that you've had on the program, the decision to go really, uh, long form, you know, and to, and to let things play out. I've heard you say that before that you'll create these conditions and then kind of walk away. Yeah. So, I mean, like, do you want to hear like, different episodes one that stands out to you a couple of great moments would be an upcoming episode called teamable that's going to uh launch on august 30th so i don't know what time this episode's going yeah. live but um perhaps this is already live now um but there's this founder that com- that walks into the room female founder right. and she's a little bit as the investors say cocky um but the argument kind of comes out in the whole – but she's crushing it. Like she has kind of a right to be cocky and have a chip on her shoulder. But you know, the female investor in the room says to the other – the other, you know, uh, I guess it's four guys in the room, uh, investors. She says, you know, if this was a guy in here with this attitude, you would not be – Right, the double standard. You would not say that person's cocky. And my girlfriend brings this up every day. Every yeah. day, the double standard. Yeah, and it's super interesting. I'm not going to tell you. I don't want to give away what happens in okay. the episode, but that's part of the tension. Um, and that, yeah, I can't say anything more about it. But that's a really great episode. There's a couple more where things fall apart in the due diligence process afterwards, right? And just hearing how they fell apart, it's not a. A lot of times, it's actually the founder's fault. You think, oh, the investors bail afterwards. Yeah. Uh, sometimes they're like, you know, they overestimate on numbers, and then after the fact. Like they aren't actually able to follow through on like their sales numbers that they committed. Other times it's, it can be something as simple as literally not answering an email from an investor. Uh, that, that is like a whole nother story that we don't fully understand why this founder did that, but basically just stopped corresponding with the investor who was very interested in investing in that company. He kind of gets you know, he doesn't get displayed in the greatest light on our show, unfortunately, because he did that, like just respond to the guy's email. And then another one, this one just blows my mind. The guy takes the deal. He had raised over $800,000 on our show and he immediately, things kind of start falling apart after the fact when his numbers aren't lining up. Like he's not actually hitting the sales numbers that he mentioned on our show that he was going to hit. Um, so, and what, why that fell apart is all of a sudden the whole valuation of the deal, you know, you can have 10% of the company at this valuation for this much dollars, like all of a sudden the economics of it didn't make sense. So he lost a few investors there, but one of the investors was like, all right, like I'm ready to send the money. We've done the due diligence. Like I'm ready to wire the hundred K and what happened was that founder said, oh, you know what? Hold off for a second. Let me come back to you. And he went to try to get more funding, that same dollar amount from some other people mm. at a better valuation. So give away less of his company for the same dollar amount. Well, that ended up following through. So then he comes back 
to our investor, Jillian, and says, okay, I'm ready for that 100K. And she's like, too bad, so sad. Like, not on the the opportunity's gone. Yeah. How involved are you with, you know, audience size, listenership, and and what has worked in terms of building that out and expanding? I know know you've been promoted on other podcasts, but what have you found that, that has worked? Yeah, I mean, getting mentioned on other people's shows is is just is by far the biggest way right. to gain, you know, because these are people that are, are, you know, especially with podcasts, people are, if they're listening in their podcast app, there's not much friction to go subscribe to another podcast. Yeah, so yeah. It, it just works. And I'm sure you've seen these audience swaps or not audience, but promo swaps where you trade ad inventory at the end of a show for another network right. and it's basically an equal swap, you know, this many impressions for you, this many impressions for yeah, us yeah. and we'll share some of our audiences and it's, it's genius, it's free and you know, it works. Uh, so, I mean, that's the main driver. That's the main secret that, um, not necessarily those promo swaps, but promotion within the Gimlet network. Just one, one more thing for you in, in the entrepreneurs that, that come on your show, the people pitching, is mm-hmm. there any resistance, any common trait that you've seen to some of these founders where like they cling to something a little too closely because I imagine people's uh, world view can be shattered on these shows. So, you know, just a really open hmm. – it because it, it, it's almost like tunnel vision when you're working on a project so closely and then you hear from so many different sides the, this feedback or you have to answer these questions. So what is the, what is the most common thread of resistance that you – have noticed from the people pitching? I wish that it was one common thread that I could tell you, but there's not exactly one that's coming to mind. You know, when we look for companies in our show, they're kind of far enough along where they aren't making like newbie, newbie mistakes. They're making advanced mistakes, which uh, are, are, are interesting. Um, but, but you don't get a lot of, although we did have this from a company recently that said, no, they wouldn't come on our show. Because they, they talked to the other investors that they were already invested in their company about coming on the show. And they said, um, we don't think you should go on the show. We don't want other people to hear about this. And they could potentially like yeah, copy us. Yeah, sure. And of course, I don't – I'm assuming you know this, but that's like the first thing you want to get kicked out of any entrepreneur is that like urge to not tell anyone your idea. Because like that's the exact opposite. Like you need to be telling everyone your right. idea. Unless you have something that's truly like a trade secret and you're selling to the government or something like that. That's like – there are very few cases. You know, nine times out of ten, like you should be telling everyone. And And so I was baffled that this guy's investors were telling him to do that. Um, And maybe I should have told him, you know, hey, man, like you need to maybe think about the the investors that you could be getting on our show and the way they're thinking about things uh, and and maybe not taking as much stake in the investors you have now – uh, but I, I didn't tell him that. So. All right. Well, um, Josh, it's been it's been great having you on the show. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks. All right. Thanks, Steve. That's it for this episode of Forbes Under 30. I hope you enjoyed it. If you want to reach out to us with a comment or question, please do so at under 30. That's the number 30 at podcastone.com.
Hey humans, David Smalley here from the Dogma Debate Podcast, right here on Podcast One, where we talk about all the things you're not supposed to discuss at work, religion, politics, abortion, racism, slavery, and that's only when we open the Bible. We discuss Islam, Islamophobia, what does that even mean? We chat with vegans, animal rights activists, and even visit factory farms to see it for ourselves. I invite people from multiple backgrounds to convert me into their worldview. But as long as they're okay with being respectfully challenged, you better bring your evidence. And I never lose sight of how both the left and the right are seeming to lose their minds. So basically, we're solving all the world's problems right here on Dogma Debate. And you've been missing it. Watch our 360 virtual reality videos on the Podcast One app and download Dogma Debate on iTunes, Stitcher, or PodcastOne.com. Springtime tips and fun facts from Paul, Kristen, and Dexter at Total Wine & More. Did you know there were over one million bubbles in a glass of champagne? Did someone say brunch? Leave the egg hunting to the kids. We'll have even more fun hunting for your brilliant brunch, Riesling. Ham's sweet and salty richness pairs perfectly with sweeter wines with bold fruit. How about a juicy Pinot Noir? Whether you're hosting or just bringing the wine, Total Wine & More has you covered with 8,000 wines, 3,000 spirits, and 2,500 beers at always low prices. Cheers! At the border, I'm Ed Donahue with an AP News Minute. At the roundtable discussion today in San Antonio, Texas, President Trump heard something he said he'd never heard before about life along the border. Many people are dying, and the danger of living here, unless you know exactly what you're doing, is tremendous. This is Texas Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick. Where are the people in Washington to stand up for these children, these women, these senior citizens? Where are they? Bring them down. Mr. President, let the Democrats come down to Brooks County. Let them come to any of these ranches. Let them see these bodies. Let them see the skeletons. We have the photographs. Attorney General William Barr says he thinks spying did occur on Donald Trump's presidential campaign, suggesting the origins of the Russia investigation may have been mishandled. Scientists released the first image ever made of a black hole, revealing a fiery ring of gravity-twisted light swirling around the edge of the abyss. One scientist said science fiction has become science fact. I'm Ed Donahue.